Welcome back to Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the best from the world of CrossFit. Podcasts, news, special interest, health, fitness. If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button. Hit the notifier so you're the first to know when we have new episodes. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Clydesdale Media Podcast. My name is Scott Schweitzer. I am the Clydesdale. We have Kat Shear. We have Amy Radowski. And we are so privileged to welcome the one and only Noah Olson. Finally. Honored to be here. Thanks, guys. Yeah. I've been waiting for you to reach out and ask me. I don't know what took so long, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I think there are quite a few messages in my inbox that you've been playing hard to get, missed. Noah. Hard to get. It's mm, all good. Yep. We get it. This makes it all the more exciting to finally be here. For mm -hmm. sure. Thank you. Yeah, so I wanna I wanna start with some current events because uh you made some news this week with a little post on your YouTube channel. Um, that the upcoming season, 2023, could be your last season. You you came just short of the definitive could be. it will be, just could be. Um, yeah. So can you walk, did, us through, I, yeah. walk us through that a little bit? Absolutely. I figured that would be something that we would talk about just <laughs> because of the relevancy and timing. But yeah, I think to address the could be um, – it's definitely something that I have been feeling lately within the last year or two. And to be honest, just kind of scared to commit to and to say out loud, because this is all that I've known for the last decade plus is being an individual CrossFit Games athlete or, or striving to do so at least. And so to say that that is coming to an end potentially is a lot of emotions for me it's intimidating because i don't necessarily know what's next although i do have some ideas it's a little bit um i don't know if embarrassing is the right word but i do feel a little bit of shame in the fact that it partially feels like i'm kind of giving up and quitting um but it also brings with it some excitement because i know that there's a lot of other cool things that i can now step into and do and so mixed bag for sure. A lot of those emotions I've been processing internally for a while. And it does feel a little bit cathartic to be able to share it with the world and have everybody kind of on the same page. And I, I love to be able to share my story with people for multiple reasons. So to finally get that off my chest is mostly a good feeling. So you also said in that video that you are 100% all in for 2023. Even though you made the announcement now, you are all in for 2023. You have, in your nine appearances, seven top 10 finishes. You've podiumed before. Do you believe you still have a shot to podium or even win the games in 23? I will be totally honest with you. That feels, has been feeling less and less realistic over the last two years. And that is one of the major reasons why I think that I finally have kind of started to come to terms with the fact that it is, it does sometimes feel like this hamster wheel of 
this singular goal that I'm chasing and I try and fall short year after year after year, at what point am I going to learn from that and maybe move on to pursuing something else? I think that to go back and give even more context, in 2019, I had my best year ever performance-wise at the games only. Like during the season, I actually felt like it was probably one of my worst years. And I felt like I was starting to fizzle out a little bit and maybe it was the beginning of the end. And ironically, I ended up performing really well at the games that year. So that kind of revitalized me, gave me a boost of confidence. 2020, I was obviously riding the high of that, having almost won the games, made the podium, finished in second place. We had that weird year of the pandemic, but because of everything that went down, I was very committed to competing and sticking that out and had the unique opportunity of going to the ranch and competing in Aromas as one of five, as everybody knows. I did relatively well there. I think I was proud of my performance, but was painfully close to making the podium again, which for me would have been huge. I feel like that would have really cemented my legacy as like a all-time great contender. Making the podium more than once in my eyes is a big deal. And I was 800 meters away, an 800 meter run away from being able to take third place that year. So that was tough, but I was like fourth place, pretty close to third, getting on the podium again, I'm still in it. Then Matt Frazier announces his retirement. So going into the 2021 season, I was still healthy, still super fired up. Max took Matt Frazier's announcement as, hey, this is, I think we should use this as our year to go all in. If you've ever had a better chance, it's going to be this year. I don't know if I phrased that properly, but never had a better chance than now to potentially win the CrossFit game. So I decided to move up to Georgia for the 2021 season. Things were going so well. I felt fitter than ever while I was up there around, I don't remember exactly what month it was, but at a certain point, I think after the open, after quarterfinals, I started having some issues. I was peeing blood on occasion, uh, feeling a little bit weird. It lasted like a month. I went and got my blood tested. They said it, I was thinking maybe it was rhabdo because we were training really hard and I was feeling really great. But they said my CK levels were elevated, but not quite at the point where they were dangerous rhabdo levels. Um, a month went by, and then I was doing the worm, the dance, uh, or attempting to at least. And from slamming my torso into the ground, I shook loose a kidney stone, which apparently was the issue all along, that I had a big, big 10 millimeter kidney stone that had left my kidneys and was kind of stuck between my kidneys and my bladder. That's why I was peeing blood. That's why I was feeling a little off and was in crazy pain, was in the hospital for a week during that process of when it had kind of come loose. Long story short, ended up having to have a surgery to remove that kidney stone. That threw off my training for about a month. When I got back into training, I was really eager to make up for lost time. The first day back literally went all in was going for a three rep max overhead squat. And my one rep max at that time was 375. So I was like, I think for three, if I could get 365 over my head, I, I would be able to do it. Um, 
I think I hit 345 out of the rack, felt pretty good. Put 365 on the bar. Max actually came out and was like, hey, it's your first day back. Let's take it easy. Maybe uh, don't push so hard. In hindsight, I wish I would have listened to him, but I was like, no, I, I got this. I need that little confidence booster to let me know that I'm back in it. Put 365 on the bar, missed it two times, was determined, loaded it back up. And on the third attempt, I locked it out. But then my left shoulder like buckled and I dropped the bar behind me. And I was like, oh man, something bad just happened. I don't know exactly what it was, but I felt and heard some pops. Doesn't mm. feel good. Um, again, I'm making a, a story pretty long. So to make it a shorter <laughs> one, I ended up in that moment tearing some stuff in my shoulder. I didn't want to know what it was. It was painful and limited my mobility and range of motion, but I kind of pushed that all off. We were like a couple weeks before the West Coast Classic and then the games. And I said, I'm good enough to get PT three days a week and just figure it out and do the best I can with what I've got. And so that was kind of how I finished that 2021 season was in a ton of pain, lack of range of motion. Um, I finished 10th at the games that year, which was super disappointing because two minutes ago, I was just saying that I had moved up to commit to trying to win the games, was feeling better than ever. So to like have had this kidney issue, now have the shoulder issue, finishing 10th after having finished second and fourth at the games was super disappointing and kind of just started that trajectory of me feeling like, man, that, I, I, I don't know, maybe I'm on the way out. Um, that leads us to this past season, the 2022 games. I spent the first four months of that from September all the way to January, getting scans on my shoulder and my wrist, which I'd gotten tweaked in the process from compensating, getting that all figured out, realized what I had going on, rehabbed that up until Wadapalooza was the first time that I really, really started training and put any weight over my head. Had a great experience there with Travis and Chandler and that kind of kicked off the 2022 season for me. But ever since then, to be honest, I've been feeling that was a very long-winded way of answering your question. Do I think I can still win the games? Ever since that 2021 mishap of my health kind of being in question, I've been feeling doubtful as to whether or not I had the ability to win the games. I've been fighting it and fighting it and fighting it because I don't want to give up. It's something that I've been pursuing for so long. And so many people have been on that journey with me that I don't want to give up and let them down either. But literally within the last couple of months, I've been falling asleep thinking about what I wanted to do. Like what decision do I want to make and commit to for this season? Is it, am I all in on trying to win the games one last time? Do I want to say, you know what? I, I just, I don't want my final year to be the experience of disappointment again and just like slowly drift down the leaderboard and fade out into uh, the back of people's memories. And so I, I remember laying in bed. Um, that's when most of my thoughts kind of stir up. And I, I wrote down in a note and I text Max the next day. I said, right now, I don't think that I want to win the games or believe that I can win the games enough to train like it for this season. And that was kind of like the first time that I allowed myself to say that out loud. And again, all those mixed emotions kind of came with that. But 
that's where we're at. I text Max that he said, what does that really mean? We had a long conversation about it. I said, I think I still want to train full-time this season. I want to qualify and compete at the games. It'll be my 10th consecutive year doing it. I think I want it to be my last season as an individual so I can end it on my terms, transition into going team, but have this final year be a big celebration, you know, like a farewell tour, compete in a bunch of different places, connect with the community, have a blast, train hard and do the best that I can, but I don't want it to be solely about winning and that's it. So that's where I'm at. That was 10 minutes of me rambling. So I uh, appreciate you guys listening only. Yeah. Thank you. No, no. That's why, that's why we do this. We want to highlight you, the athlete and give you a platform that is safe to say these things. And so I, I have a couple of follow-ups. The first one is you did Wadapalooza with Chandler and Travis. Did that show you another side that you could get fired up for? Oh my gosh. Yes. And it's funny that you use the word fired up because that was a, a little bit of a telltale sign for me that eventually I was going to love doing team because I found myself in the lead up to Wadapalooza using literally just the phrases that I would use and the words that I would use in communicating with Chandler and Travis and Max, things like, dominate, crush, destroy. Like I never, ever use aggressive words like that. When I talk about competing individually, I, I don't know why, but there was something about doing it as a team with other people that had me so fired up to try to win for them as well as just myself that made me realize that I think eventually being on a team is going to be something that's really cool for me. I'll be able to put more passion into doing it because it's not just for me and our and our one of our members uh wad zombie nick he said damn that's a lot of pressure to put on yourself i'm sure everyone around you will be proud of you no matter what i know i will be <laughs> thanks nick i appreciate that yeah and that that to be honest is something that i, I don't know if it's been helpful or hurtful over the years not hurtful but um I think to recognize that no matter how I finish on the leaderboard at the games, that my people that I really care about are going to love me and support me is obviously comforting. I, I think some people could look at that as like a, a deterrent from being all in on competing. You know, if you know, no matter what, you're going to be okay, then maybe you don't go as hard or fully commit to the the best performance that you could. But um I think at this point, knowing that my legacy can become about more than just the leaderboard is exciting to me. But now it's up to me to figure out what I want it to actually be about. Exactly. And you mentioned, okay. oh, go, go ahead. And you mentioned in that video too, that your team, if you do team in the following season, it would be with Chandler. Is that something the two of you talked about after Wadapalooza or something that's developed over the season? Because we know he's had his struggles as well with the asthma and all that that happened at Granite Games. Yeah. Chandler actually might be upset at me. I've gone on like a couple platforms <laughs> recently and said that he was going to be my teammate for 2024. And we've talked about it and he's confirmed, but I never – got the confirmation from him that it was okay to start sharing that with the world. So Chan, 
I'm sorry. I hope you're okay with it. Now it's out there and we got to do it. But um, <laughs> oops. I, I think after we had such an amazing time at Wadapalooza, Chandler, Travis, and myself were in this like cloud nine state during that weekend and afterwards where we were like, bro, I love you, bro. This is the best competition experience I've ever had. And it just, for all of us, was so special that we knew we wanted to get more of it eventually whenever it made sense to and i think the only reason that it ended up being chandler over travis was because travis is fully locked into his family life that he has up in georgia he owns a gym he's got a beautiful home with his wife and four kids so he's got a little bit less freedom to be able to move down to miami potentially or wherever we want to make our team home base and commit to pursuing that and Chandler and I um, kind of decided together that we would love to do that together. We just need to figure out who our ladies are going to be and the way that we want to approach that season. But both are very committed to only doing it if we know that we have a very good chance of winning. I think we'll have a great time. And as important as having fun is, we're both deep, deep down going to be competitors uh forever so i think as much fun as we're going to have training throughout the season we want badly to get some gold medals around our necks at the end of it and hopefully do that a few times so i have a few side questions somewhat related yeah. you said that the other Holler ladies so i'm curious though going Could back to travis too, too. <laughs> yeah right we're we're in. I'm in. <laughs> um when are you getting married that's a wonderful question. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, I am hopeful that that's going to happen relatively soon. We are currently, this is also uh, something that I'm not entirely sure that Joanne would be comfortable with me sharing, but like I did to Chandler, yeah. I'm going to do it to her anyway. Um, we're, we're trying to make it happen for February, I think, of this coming year. So within the next handful of months, um, we... Another long story that I'll make super short. We got engaged in 2019. Joanne was just finishing up PT school, physical therapy school here at UM. And I we had the games coming up. So we said, hey, let's wait until you graduate and until the games are over for us to start planning the wedding. As soon as both of those things happened, COVID hit. And so we had a lot of friends that were postponing, canceling, pushing back their weddings. We were like, you know what, let's just wait a little bit longer. And it turned into this three-year block, and we're at this point just overweighting, very eager to finally be married. Um, so we're working on that. Hopefully, we can have a beautiful, intimate wedding down here in Miami with our family and closest friends and start our family together. And will Max get to be a part of the ceremony? I sure hope so. Yeah. <laughs> we're, I'm trying to trying to work that in. Maybe he's got... I know that my parents back in the day had their golden retriever. His collar had a little um, thing on it that held the rings. So maybe Max can be the ring bearer or something yeah. for us, at least maybe the flower girl, flower boy. That's awesome. I love yeah. it. I, I heard that there is um, a, a lovely young lady moving down to Miami um, to perhaps train with you. And she would be an excellent pick as well um, if she ever decided to go team. I uh, totally agree. Chandler and I were career. actually, yeah, 
Chandler and I started making a list of names of potential ladies just to start like, <laughs> putting the word out there. Yeah. And I thought about Annika. And the only reason I didn't add her name to the list, and I should probably let her make the choice for herself, but I know that she is passionately pursuing being an individual games athlete. And so I would not want to sure. pull her out of that if that was her prime. Oh. What happened? Well, <laughs> my gosh, some of the best content we have had ah, on the show. He'll come back. And I'm wondering if his phone overheated. Uh, I hope not. Here we go. Oh, Amy came back nope. too. What's happened? It, mine just totally shut down. Really? So we lost, uh, we lost our boy too. Okay. Well, I will come back. Yeah. Mine did too. Okay. So weird. I was going to bounce at, at 1130. Should I just go now then? Yeah. Or 1230. Okay. All right. Thank you guys. We're not done. I know I'm out. So we had a technical glitch that kicked <laughs> half of you off. Okay. We're back. We're back. We're back. Is everything so we okay? We still got everything that we had yeah. already spoken oh, about. We are still, yeah. We're still alive. Yeah, Kat and I were good the whole time. We just lost half of you. Got it. <laughs> well, um, so you yeah, were saying Annika yeah. was full in on. As far as I know, she's fully pursuing being an individual games athlete, which I think she'll be able to do for many, many years. So I, I guess it's worth asking her because maybe she wouldn't mind going to the games and winning teams a, a couple times in that way. Um, that could be fun. But I would imagine that she probably wants to be an individual first. But we'll see. I think she would be awesome to team up with. And I am excited that she is most likely moving down to Miami. I won't believe it till I see it. We've had a bunch of people over the years say they were coming down to train. But uh, when she's here, I think it'll make for a really awesome environment at peak. Yeah, we're big. Well, Kyle Landis jumps in and asks about Chandler's wife. And for those people who don't know, she is a very, very fit individual. She uh, is, she is a two-time semifinalist. Um, so I am sure that Chandler was at least made to put her on the list to start. To keep she... his marriage in place. <laughs> her <laughs> name is definitely on the list. I was just thinking, uh, Never mind. It's a, an inside joke I'll have to save for him. But anyway, yes, I think that Jesse is definitely fit enough to be a kick butt female team athlete, um, individual as well. But mm -hmm. that's, that's the potential. I don't know if they want that um, added factor in their marriage. I could see how that could make things <laughs> a little interesting. I know Joanne and I always try to, there are certain things that we're like, yeah, let's just like she's a physical therapist, but if I'm going to get treatment for something, she'll help me with little things here and there. But if it's like consistent treatment, working towards something in particular, we're like, let's separate business and pleasure and make sure that, yeah, that doesn't get all clouded. Yeah. I've, I've tried to coach my husband in CrossFit and it is not a good scene at yeah, all. <laughs> a lot of added emotion. That's unnecessary. Not good. <laughs> hey, Max. <laughs> I, I have been told by my wife when I coached her to leave the premises. Mm. So yeah, we've all been there. That's so funny. Um, you have to show him what Andrew said though here while we're talking about Chandler. Andrew said late to the party. Have you asked for help getting Chandler on LOL? So Andrew is a loyal listener and we've been trying to get okay. Chandler on our show forever. <laughs> forever. Maybe this is the catalyst. 
right? Yeah. Maybe we maybe can... we even do a little joint action next time. That would be cool. Me and Chandler together. Yeah, that would be cool. There you go. Yeah, I'll definitely. Yeah. It's give t- it taken us five hundred episodes to get you on, so, right, so we're hopefully we'll take no another five hundred to get him on. <laughs> that would be very impressive. So the last of the current events I just want to throw out there is CrossFit made the announcement yesterday about the changes to the upcoming season. Um, Really the major change for individuals in this country will be the two semifinals, an East and a West. Mm -hmm. Um, And kind of back to the super regional days ish, but 10 people make the games. Now I've heard comments on both sides that, that takes away how special the, the the semifinals are because top 10 isn't as special as top five. What are your thoughts on all that? I, for a few years, have trained myself not to have very emotional reactions to season changes and decisions like that are made. Number one, because... I have no control over them at all. So having an emotional response negatively or positively is not really helpful. Number two, they happen so often that I I don't want those emotional ups and downs. If I start to get really tied to something that I love the format of and they change it, I don't want to have to adjust. So anyway, I, I'm pretty neutral as to those changes in particular. Um, I, I think, yeah, because no matter what, at the end of the day, I'm going to have to go out there and compete against some of the best athletes in the world. Maybe it'll be a little bit more of them now than it would have been at a smaller semifinal event, but also there will be more spots. So um, I could see how if it was your first time finishing in like ninth place or 10th place and just making it in would not feel as cool as a second, third, fourth. But I don't know. I, I really don't have a strong opinion on the changes thus far. I feel like we maybe need to see them play out at least once. And it might actually end up being the first and last time that I participate <laughs> in that format. So we'll see. So I'm going to move away from current events now. Cool. I want to talk about your rookie season at the games. You came in like a house on fire. Right. You wore the leader's jersey that rookie year. You you made a name for yourself right off the bat. You then took a couple seasons and and had to like rework your thought process, your mindset to what this was about. Do you wish you would have done that sooner or did you need that journey to get to get you to where you are today? That's an interesting question. I think I wish I had done that sooner. I think it would have been ideal, obviously, if I had gotten it figured out a little quicker. Maybe I could have had some more successful years. But I do think that I probably needed to go through that in order to get it figured out. Um, Yeah, 2014 was an awesome year in the sense that I qualified for the first time, which was a huge goal of mine since I had started CrossFit back in 2010. It took three separate years of doing the open and regionals to finally qualify. And at that point in time, I was satisfied with just being a games athlete one time. Like that was such a big deal to me that I thought if I can get 
a jersey that says CrossFit Games and my name on it, I'm pumped and can like die a happy man. And as soon as I got to the games, pleasantly surprised myself with being in the lead at one point, which was literally mind blowing to me while it was happening because I didn't really have that much confidence in myself. All of the guys I was competing against were my idols. Like back in that day, I don't know if it is this way as much as it was, but YouTube, like watching people's YouTubes and CrossFit's YouTube channel of everybody doing the workouts was such a big thing that weekly I was watching Rich Froning on YouTube, Dan Bailey on YouTube, Jason Kalipa on YouTube. And the fact that I was like lining up next to them was blowing my mind. And the fact that I was beating them was blowing my mind even more. So that was a whirlwind of a year. Ended up finishing eighth, which would not have been disappointing if you had told me that at the beginning of the week, but having been in the lead and dropped down to eighth was like, oh man, I wonder if that could have gone better. Um, and then I just had a couple of years of like, now I had these huge expectations that I put on myself that other people put on me and I wasn't really living up to them finishing eighth again. I think I finished in 15th. Um, what year is that? 2016, which was my lowest finish at that point and was kind of disappointing. And I felt like I, that I needed to mix things up. I was like, ah, I'm not getting better anymore. And so I want to change programs, coaches, started working with Max El Hajj going into the 2017 season, finished that year in fourth, I think. I don't know. I think with Max, I've had, I know I've had my best finishes ever. I think it was like a fourth, a sixth, a second, a fourth, a 10th, a 12th. Um, but anyway, once I had joined Max in the training think tank program, I feel like I got a lot better as an athlete mentally, physically, was pretty committed to his program and his methodology. We've built a really strong relationship. And at this point I was like, I think it makes sense to be loyal and finish out my career with Max as my coach. Um, even though there are, there are always times, I think no matter what program you're on, oh, Max is going in the pool which is fine. It just means I have to dry him off later. <laughs> he always, when we're hanging out out back, if he's not in, he hits that breaking point where he gets too hot and goes in to yeah. cool himself off. Yeah. I don't know if you guys could see him from here. Oh, I love that he just does it on his own. That's great. Can you see him or no? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Max. See his head bobbing. Yeah. Um, anyway, I that's from 2014 all the way until now. Been working with Max and loving it. Yeah. So yeah, you had your best runs from, it was from 17 to 20 were all top five finishes. Um, so the happy and hungry that did that come when you went to training think tank and max and did he change your mindset at that point? Or was it a combination of like work that you'd done yourself and moving to, to max? I think it was a little bit of both. It definitely was spurred by something that he said, when I first went up there, um, and people have maybe heard this story before, but Travis is a bit more of an aggressive, like fueled by proving people wrong type of athlete. And I, I am not as much that as I am like enjoying myself and having a good time with other people and having fun in the process of getting better and winning. And Max felt like maybe I should experiment with being able to like go dark and dig deeper using some of that anger 
as my fuel source. And we had a conversation where I like said that I was willing to try it, but it just didn't feel natural. Like it didn't feel like me. And I said, I'm, I'm just a happy person, but I also have a strong desire to win. I'm super hungry still. And that was kind of how that came about. It was literally in that conversation. I said, I'm happy, but I'm hungry. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Maybe happy, but hungry could be my thing. And it still is. So this is, I'm going to be transparent here. When you first Hit came me. up, I I was not a fan of yours because you, you hated were, me. You were threatening. Ugh. You were threatening. You were threatening all my idols, all my heroes. Because I started in 2011 in CrossFit. And, you know, you were taking on the Riches and the Dans and the Joshes and all of that. Yeah. But then watching you in person and the way you deal with the fans and the way that you are so genuine, it just, you won me over, right? But initially that. I was not a fan, but when then watching you, now I am. So do you ever, do you ever hear that from people? Um, because you came up in an era where there were these legends and you were a threat to them. Yeah, and I don't know that it, it was so much the threat thing. Honestly, I'm, I'm willing to admit because I've gotten over it now, but I think when I first came on the scene in 2014, I said already that I wasn't very confident in my ability to hang with these guys that I viewed as being so much better than myself. And so I tried to convince myself that I was good enough to hang with them. And in doing so, put on this like fake front of like, if I'm the best, I have to believe I'm the best. And if I am trying to convince myself that I'm the best, I have to act like it. And I think that I was probably a little bit cocky and arrogant in maybe some of the things that I said, the way that I acted. And it was all based on insecurity, which I think most of that stuff usually is, right? Like the bully yeah. is usually the guy that's the most insecure. And so I was trying to act all cool and tough, which I think rubbed people the wrong way. And it wasn't because I felt cool and tough. It's because I felt the exact opposite. I felt like a little kid amongst these men. And so it was just like, that wasn't really received well by the community. And it took a few years for me to let go of that and realize that I needed to just be myself. And I honestly, I didn't even know who myself was at that time. You know, I was fresh out of college and figuring out who I was. And I think that the CrossFit community has seen me grow up from literally kind of like a boy into, I guess I could call myself a man at this point. I still sometimes feel like a little kid, but um 31 now. And I started doing CrossFit when I was 19. So I've, I've changed and developed and grown into who I am throughout that whole process. And everybody's gotten to witness that through social media, through the games being broadcast in the way that they have. So I forgive you and I hope you forgive me for uh, whatever our exchange was back in the day. <laughs> no exchange. It was just a perception, I guess. And yeah, but, but then like I've been covering the semifinals, right. And you're always the last person off the floor because you're fist bumping, you're high fiving everybody in the stands on the way out. If someone stops you and asks you a question, you stop and answer them. And it's, and that's not just in front of the cameras, it's behind the scenes as well. Like you are consistent on and off the floor. And I think that that's what a lot of people don't get the opportunity to see that I got to witness that totally won me over. 
Yeah, I think that is for a few reasons. One of them being that at a certain point, I realized that this is finite. Like it's not going to last forever that people have the desire to take a photo with me, recognize me. So while it's happening for the next few years, I'm like, this is kind of cool. Let me take advantage of that and take as many pictures as I can, interact with as many people as I can because it's not going to last forever. Um, that was one. And then also like, it maybe feels weird to admit, but selfishly, there is a positive feedback loop where everybody wins, right? I, I started doing a little bit more of that. And I was like, man, these people are loving the interaction. I feel like this positive emotion after it. I feel like I'm all fueled up. People have this perception, like you said, that's positive. So the more I do that, the more positive feedback I get, the more I want to go and do that. And it's just turned into something that is very natural for me. I enjoy interacting with people and um, I appreciate all, all the love and I hope people feel like they're getting the love back when they give it to me. You're, You're muted, mute. unfortunately. I'm a professional. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're going to Rogue here in a couple weeks. You you did not make it last. You weren't there last year. Um, I'm assuming because of the health reasons you discussed earlier in the show. Um, how big of a deal does it feel when you get that invite from Rogue? The the cool little metal thing in the mail, and then. <laughs> And then it's it's pretty much the premier event outside of the season. Mm -hmm. I think that tells a bit of the story itself, just what you said right there, that outside of the CrossFit Games, it's the biggest competition that there is. I think the CrossFit Games will always be the pinnacle for all of us. Like I, I don't know what you could do to shift athletes in our sports focus to something else besides the CrossFit games. Even if it was, if Rogue's prize purse was a million dollars for first place, like I don't know that the prestige of winning the CrossFit games and being the fittest on earth is gonna be able to be beat by anything. So Rogue, Rogue or any other competition feels like it'll always kind of be like a, a bonus competition. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that because for sure it is one of the coolest ones outside of the games. They do it the best. They pay for your flight. They pay for your hotel. You're guaranteed to make money by going out there. The CrossFit Games doesn't even do that. I don't know if people know that and I don't feel bad sharing that, but when you go to compete at the CrossFit Games, you're paying for your own flight. You're paying for your own hotel, which can be thousands of dollars. And if you come in last place, you're not making any money. So some people are coming out of pocket to compete at the CrossFit Games. And if they're training full-time throughout the year, sure, they have sponsors, hopefully, that are paying for them to be able to do that full-time. But prize money is probably something that they're banking on to help their annual salary. And if you go to the Games and are in the red, that's tough. So Rogue does a really good job of that. Like, you know you can go show up at Rogue dilly dally around take last place and still come home with at least five thousand dollars in your pocket and having spent none um it's also got the best athletes they've got cool equipment they do great job of programming so it's it is a great competition that i'm excited to be going to you are correct in that i didn't participate last year even though i had gotten the invite because my shoulder was um torn and i was in the process of 
figuring that out and rehabbing it. So I am excited to be able to go back this year. You're gonna you're gonna rock those uh, cowboy boots and hat. That's gonna yeah. be fun. I don't know if they're still doing that, but if they are, it'll be my first pair. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be really cool. Indeed. I want to ask you yeah. about your shoulder since you brought it up again, uh, and I'm yeah. I'm just medically curious. Um, did you what kind of fancy stuff did you have done to it to help it heal? Did you do like any like PRP or? Just straight none of, therapy? Yeah, none of that. Just straight PT, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. I don't know if I had done PRP or cortisone or whatever the other fancy yeah. things that you can do, stem cell. If I had done any of that, if it would healed it quicker or better. Um, that wasn't really recommended to me by anybody. I just went and saw a doctor at UM. I didn't have any connections with like an orthopedic surgeon. So got the scan, found out that I had tears in my labrum and rotator cuff and something else. At this point, so much time has passed that I don't remember. But um, I got an x-ray of my wrist, which was really bad and honestly still bothers me a little bit. Um, don't know exactly what's going on there, but the x-ray said that there were no breaks, which is good. Um, but both my wrist and my shoulder, I ended up getting connected to active life. Sean Pastuch is somebody that I had a relationship with in the past. He kind of runs that program. They paired me up with a coach named Chris Shallow. Chris and I did a whole debrief, came up with a plan. And three times a week, it might have been more at the beginning, I think maybe four or five times a week, I was doing tons of just really, really slow rehab exercises, trying to get a little bit of my mobility and positioning back, started adding a little bit of strengthening to it over the course of months started adding a little bit of loading just like i remember just doing static overhead holds with an empty barbell working up to adding tens the next week and then got it to 95 pounds the week after that and i've gotten to the point now where i don't even think about my shoulder anymore when i'm snatching lifting warming up um it's i would consider fully healed there might be some residual stuff in there that limits my positioning, but um, it's not an issue at this point, which is awesome. And I'm super grateful for the help that I got from those guys. Yeah, that is great. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. So we talked about 2014, you get the leader's jersey in your rookie season. 2019, you get the leader's jersey in an amazing competition between you and Matt Fraser. Do you best, have the best, the you, best. Let's, can we just, let's just say like, <laughs> really the only time at the games in the history of the games where he was winning, where like we are all on Sunday, like, I think, I think no one's going to win the be? game. Like, <laughs> holy crap. What is happening? I, I had that exact same thought on Sunday right? where it was as much of a pleasant surprise to me as it was to everybody else, where I remember it was Sunday morning. I was still like pretty in it thinking, all right, I'm just going to do everything that I can kind of keep going with the flow. And then I had done relatively well on the swim event. I think I took third and there were only in theory, two more events left. And I was still in the lead. My gap had expanded a little bit. And I remember in the warm up area after the swim, looking at Max and like wide eyed being like, Oh my God, dude, are we about to win the CrossFit <laughs> games? Like this is insane. Um, Unfortunately, as everybody knows, that's not how it played out because Matt is amazing. And 
stole it back for but, me when we had that little double event. Um, so yeah. So wait, let's let's talk about that for a second because I right. feel like I've always felt this way. Um, that it's almost like the changes could be made on the fly to sort of help influence who wins. Like, do you I've, know what I mean? I've heard I, that speculation before, oh, right? So what, I what hate Kat's to talking say about it. is, yeah, the fact that there was only one event scheduled for that time block and all of a sudden they announced Surprise. that. In fact, it's two events that are back to back. Now there's more points on the table. I don't know. I think similar to what I was saying before about like not getting emotionally invested in things that I have no control over. I don't want to play that's, into any of that skepticism. That's for us fans to do. <laughs> for sure. And I've do. heard that before. Um, I don't oh. know. I hope not. If that was ever the case, but yeah, me too. And I, I'm not bitter about that year at all either. I think I've had people ask me like, do you love the fact that you took second place or is it more painful because you are so close to winning? And I chose in that moment very consciously to be appreciative of the fact that I had finally accomplished my goal of making the podium. I was darn close to winning, which, ah, yeah, maybe that's a little tough, but that's definitely not the focus. Yeah. And you, and you won that event, Mary, which will go down in history as one of the craziest events to be programmed, you know, at the games, who does a 20 minute AMRAP. And that was just so Mm. fun to watch both you and Carrie, you know, made waves on that one. KP. Yeah. We have her on later today. So, (laughs) so it is, it is a merry day today. Um, Love that. Um, so Kat is in charge of our conspiracy theories. Yes. I'm more okay, of a perfect. like straight down the line guy. <laughs> so from that 2019, you have the medal, you have a leader's jersey. Is there anything on display in your home from that year uh, to signify what you did? Yeah, that's a cool question. I have a couple of things. So the first year that I competed at the games, my mom framed the shirt that we got at regionals that said first proven. I think that was what they said back in the day. It was like proven and had a one in gold on this black t-shirt. I have that framed as well as the leader jersey that I got from that year. I probably can't get in trouble for saying this at this point, but <laughs> when you have the leader jersey every day for some reason, they they like take it back from you. And that year after one of the events, I had taken my shirt off and I threw the leader jersey to my family in the crowd and my mom caught it and they came back to me and they were like, hey, do you have the leader jersey? And I was like, oh, no, I don't know what happened to it. Somebody must have grabbed it from the competition floor. So they ended up having to make a new one. So anyway, I got to keep that, which I don't know if everybody has been able to over the years. So I had that framed. Um, For that reason, I didn't frame up any of the leader jerseys from 2019. I do have the medal from the games in my closet, which... Maybe it doesn't feel like a cool place to have it, but every day that I open my closet, I, they're like the bar where you put hangers and clothes. I have all of my medals hanging together in a little clump from regionals, Wadapalooza, Dubai, ECC, the games. So every now and then that I get to see that, it's kind of a cool moment That's or cool. memory. Um, but no, I, I don't, I'm not like, I definitely don't have the shrine like you've got behind you of my jerseys and photos everywhere. I think Joanne would nix that immediately, which is nice because I need to stay level-headed. Um, but I don't know. I think if I had a legit garage gym, I would probably put some of that up as decoration. But we have a, a 
carport setup, which I wasn't familiar until we moved into our house, but it's kind of like an open air garage where there's a shed that all the equipment is in and then a covered area. So there's not really anywhere to hang decorative stuff. Yeah, we, we yeah, got to see that. It happened uh, by accident, that? just so you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I might have <laughs> no, to send you something to, to add see... to it. Yeah, there you go. We got to That's see the happened. carport when you did um, the online portion of 2020, yep. right? Was that? Well, no, oh, was that, the... that was, was that... You're, you're thinking of Rogue, I think. When we had the was it Rogue? Rogue competition online, I did the first workout here at the house. Oh, right, right, right. And then we had some connectivity a... issues, so I had to move over to Pete. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was, I, that um, was... Our... sorry, go ahead. No, I was just to say our friend, uh, our judging friend Jules was your judge. Like I, yep. she, I remember her telling me how she like made you guys dinner afterwards. And that was like cooking is oh, her love language. Awesome. She was so yes. stoked to do all that. Yeah. Probably some fun. of the most delicious pizza that I've ever had. She made for us. Yeah, was so talented. good. But the first workout there, just a quick little story on that. I was doing in the carport. It was burpee pull-ups and thrusters. Mm-hmm. And it was the first workout of this online competition. They had the screen set up where all the athletes were going at the same time. We had like a guy, my manager was communicating on the timing. There was a world clock in front of us that we were all supposed to go at the exact same time. And I honestly don't even remember what happened at this point. I had like 10 friends inside of my house cheering through the window watching. They had it on the TV inside the house, the screen of everybody. And somebody said, three, two, one, go. And everybody started going, but somebody else was like, wait, wait, don't go. We're not ready. And it was this very confusing. I was like, do I go? Don't I go? We decided not to go because we didn't think we were supposed to. Literally everybody else started the workout. I'm standing there on the screen, just like we are on now. I'm like basically watching you guys do the workout and I'm standing there like, what do I do? And so they ended up communicating on the spot. They were like, wait until minute two and you'll just start at minute two behind everybody. And that was obviously unideal, but it was cool. I'm glad that we were able to find a way to make that whole competition work during the year that everything was shut down. So I was Saxon's judge for that mm, event. Okay. Uh, our friend, Andrew Sten, he was Chandler's ju- judge. Mm-hmm. When, uh, when that happened, so we have earpieces in while we're judging. Yeah. And as that happened, everybody's like, we lost Noah. We lost <laughs> Noah. And I'm like, Dang. what? What are they I'm trying did to like count. Where'd he go? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm trying to count reps. I'm going, what the heck happened to Noah? Yeah, yeah. And so we didn't even was... know what really happened until after we got off the floor for that event. But yeah, I it still was crazy. don't even know what happened. But it all worked out. <laughs> it's actually you mentioned the guy that was judging Chandler. I don't know if I'll ever forgive Chandler. I still love him. But that year, the final workout. I was tied in points with BKG for second. And on the final workout, I came in second place, which was good enough to have potentially won. But Chandler, uh, (laughs) he stood up his final overhead squat like 0.002 seconds after after BKG. And if he had beat BKG, I would have taken second place and BKG would have taken third. And it ended up being the opposite, which was a $10,000 difference. So Chandler basically owes me $10,000 still. <laughs> All because he couldn't have stood that last squat up just a little bit faster. 
Oh, or Andrew, Andrew couldn't have clicked his clicker a little bit sooner. You know, we'll blame Andrew, it on Andrew. Man. They can divvy <laughs> it up. 5,000, 5,000. That's fine with me. I love it. That's great. So we only have like nine minutes left. Um, oh, no. I have They're still pages of notes. About. There is. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, so we'll have to do another one, maybe with Chandler, maybe with yeah. Joanne, but I do want to talk about cool. Joanne what? because you, you talk about her a lot. Um, some, I love your Instagram picture and I used it as a promo for this. You with the spirit of the games and your arm around Joanne. Yeah. How much has she meant to your career? She, if I'm the spirit of the games, she's the spirit of the me. I don't know. There's probably a more eloquent way to say that, but Joanne is awesome. I love her so much. Couldn't love her any more than I do. Um, we have been together for 10 years now, almost to the day. And she's just been so cool to, or it's just been so cool to have her on the entire journey with me. She's like, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know why this came to mind. There are celebrities or rappers out there that talk about like their girl that was with them before they blew up. Obviously she's not with me because I am a CrossFit Games athlete because prior to ever being a Games athlete, we were already together. Um, so, and not, not that that has much sway over anybody anyway, but anyway, she's been with me from the very beginning and we've gone through like figuring it all out together. You know, the, the doubts and insecurities she helped me work through over the years in competitions and the success, the failure, you know, I, I think that without having her through all of that, I don't know that my career would have been as sustainable as it has been. It definitely would not have been as enjoyable. The memories that we have of traveling for competitions together to Australia, to Spain, to France, lots of cool things that we've gotten to do over the years. Um, so just grateful that I've had her in my life. She definitely keeps me even keel level-headed. It's, I don't know if you guys can uh, relate to this, but the concept of opposite the track is big for us. Like I'm very go with the flow, easygoing, not really much of a planner, whereas she is a little bit more of a planner. She likes to have structure and a schedule. And I think if either one of us were either solo in that or had a spouse or significant other that was the same as us, we'd be way too skewed in those directions. And so I think the fact that we have each other, we really balance each other out. Without Joanne, I'd be late to absolutely everything. I still am <laughs> on occasion late to many things. Uh, but I think without me, hopefully I add a little bit more lightheartedness and joy and easygoingness to her life. And I think we complement each other very well. How, how did the two of you meet? We met in college through a fraternity sorority event that I won't give too much detail on, but it was just like, one of those college nights, I didn't know if anything would come out of the relationship, but or come out of the first time that we had met, um, but kind of fell for her pretty quickly. She was actually the one that was hard to get. I, this is a funny story. I asked her to our fraternity's formal by going to the gym late at night to peak, and I set up weights and jump ropes and barbells and things in a way to spell out the word formal question mark. And I stood up on a ladder and took a picture of it and sent it to her. And she freaking turned me down. 
she uh, she had other plans with somebody else. And so anyway, I had to pursue her pretty hard and be very patient, but I'm glad that I did because it paid off. That is a very common theme with CrossFit athletes, just so you know. Oh, yeah. They, have, they had to pursue their significant other much harder than they thought they would have to. Interesting. Um, yeah. You've seen this? That's awesome. That's Joanne and her mom and our really good friends, Amanda and Diane Saab at the games. I love it. I took that picture. You did? I did. Beautiful. Yeah, that's my picture. Yep. I'd love for you to send that to me if you don't I, mind. I may, I may have already sent it to you. You might have to check your DMs. Oh, but yeah, I got to find it. it. I'll send it again. There's a decent amount of those in there. And by the way, that's like another little side note for anybody that's ever sent me a message that I haven't responded to. It's not because I don't care. It's because I think I'm going to use the excuse that Instagram does a poor job of organizing that. I post stories a lot. I would say I probably do an average of 10 stories a day. And in the same exact inbox that a message like that would get sent, there are story responses and I've got Likes a decent and... amount of followers right now. Yeah. So let's say that I post 10 stories and 10 people respond to each one with like a thumbs up emoji. You gotta I just got a hundred messages in my <laughs> inbox a day, every single day. I have millions of messages that it's so hard to like sift through and find the good meaningful ones. Yeah, no so worries. So I apologize no worries. if there are some awesome messages that are in there waiting for me. I'll try to find them. <laughs> uh, we'll yeah, get your, doing we'll get, this we'll now. We'll get some better information for you before we let you go and then I'll make sure you get it. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, doing this now, I, I never could comprehend how many messages you can get. And we get a ton and we're just a small little media company, right? Yeah. And so... um probably bigger than you of m u of m is in your life a lot and you met a lot of people there what was it about it in the late 2010s that was so crossfit centric there was you and scuds and malinsky and uh steffi cohen like yeah all of you kind of met at that same time at u of m that's true. We were all either members or played some role in being on the board of the Canes CrossFit Club, which is pretty cool to reminisce on. So Dylan Malitsky, who is an MC for the games, he now runs Live and Loud and Wadapalooza and all those different events. Sorry, Loud and Live. And uh, Dylan and I were best friends. We both started going to peak together for a while. And had this crazy idea to start a CrossFit club on campus. We started that together. Scuds joined, was very awesome, very fast. Steffi Cohen was also a member of the Canes CrossFit club and was pursuing that until she switched to just weightlifting and then set like every world record in the book. Um, so it is kind of cool that that ended up happening. And I think just the fact that we all, it probably honestly all comes back to Guido Trinidad, who is the one that owns Peak 360 Fitness and was the one that taught myself and Dylan everything that we knew, allowed us to host the club at Peak. Just having the proper environment, I think, was really important for cultivating people that were successful in CrossFit as athletes, as competitors, as social media influencers, as MCs, as weightlifters. You know, I think that all stems from just a really cool, supportive environment. And you mentioned Guido started Wadapalooza way back in the day. Um, sure did. You just celebrate, they just celebrated 10 year anniversary. 
you gave a really cool speech at Wadapalooza this year. Thank you. You're going back I'm with so the nervous. team. <laughs> <laughs> You're going back with the team this year. Um, but they've changed the format a little bit. You can do individual and team this year if you wish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that in the past, I would have loved to do both. And I have done a competition that was like that ECC one year, the East Coast Championships had that format where you could do, I don't remember if it was one or two, but you could do both individual and team. And I did this year. I am 99% committed as of now to just doing team because we won last year. So I feel like it's very important for us to defend our title. I don't want to come into that fatigue. I want us to be able to give it everything we've got to try to win that again. And I don't know. Uh, that's, that's the main reason. Well, how stacked do you think that team division is going to be with this new format? Um, <laughs> I think, I think there's going to be some people coming after you, hmm. but you guys, you guys were awesome. You were one of the most fun things to watch. You were having so much fun on the floor. I think teams of three is so underrated as a competition. Oh man, I think so too. I actually, Justin Berg was at Wadapalooza last year and witnessed all of that excitement. It was tangible. Like people were obsessed with that team of three thing on the men's and women's side. You could feel the energy there almost more so than the individuals. Obviously I'm a little biased there, but I said to Justin, man, I think it would be really, really cool if the games would consider doing that. It's just, there are multiple reasons why I think it would be cool, but he had his reasons as to why that didn't really make sense, uh, at least for the time being. So we'll just get to experience it again at Wadapalooza, and hopefully it's as exciting as it was last year. Well, Noah, we want to respect your time. I know you had a busy day already, uh, so we're so glad that you jumped on with us. I uh, can't wait I'm to glad that I did too. get through this rest of this stuff. I'm sorry that it took so long, but yeah, we can definitely uh, – <laughs> save that bottom half of your list for the next one. We'll keep chit-chatting. Awesome. And good luck this season. If we don't see you, I know we're going to be at Wadapalooza. Uh, we're not, we're going to have to skip out on rogue this year, but we're going to have a, a blast in Miami. I love it down there. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Can't wait to see you guys there. And stick, stick around for one minute after we uh, shut down so we can just get some information from you. Okay. Cool. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining Clydesdale media for today's episode. If you like what you hear, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, and make sure you hit the notifier so you're the first to know when new episodes are out. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time with Clydesdale Media.